0: Welcome to the Sunderland Empire podcast, sponsored by Ambassador Theatre Group, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of one of the UK's biggest regional theatres, giving you the front row seat to the stars of the shows that visit, as well as the people who work tirelessly to keep the curtain up. My name's Robert Wilson-Baker. Come with me as we welcome you to the theatre we proudly call The West End of the North East here we are episode three of the Sunderland Empire podcast thank you so much for joining us once again and for your continued support for the previous two episodes as we continue to delve behind in front and in between the curtains of one of the UK's biggest regional theatres where we are celebrating one of the world's most loved musicals arriving in Sunderland for the first time in its 37-year history Les Miserables has been playing a limited run here on side. and we've been talking to one of the stars who's joined especially for the run here in Sunderland Lauren Drew is currently playing the role of Fontaine and we caught up with her just before the start of the performance to see what it's like to join a show halfway through a run halfway through a UK tour and what it's like to mentally prepare for a very physically and vocally demanding role that is fontaine we're also as ever going to be catching up with one of the many members of staff who work at the sun empire to make your experience the most amazing experience possible nadia is a beloved member of the customer experience for this week's news i'm working front of house on the bars and also facilitating some of the public tours that you can book on throughout 2023 so we're going to be catching up with her to see what it's like To do the job that she does, but as ever, with lots of exciting announcements that's been happening since the last time we spoke about casting announcements and new shows that will be arriving in twenty twenty three. It's time to head over to see Kate for this week's news. So news time means one thing only. Lovely Kate is with us again. Hi, Kate. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm all right. It's been busy, hasn't it? The last couple of weeks.
1: Yes, very, very busy. It's getting into the festive season, so. It's all fun at the minute. There's Panto coming up and we've got lots of like show releases, lots of um, new casting releases. So it's all really good fun news.
0: Because the Panto promo stuff that's been going on behind the scenes has looked really, really cool.
1: Yeah, it's been really fun. It always is. The cast's always up for a lot of fun. So we've been getting all of our kind of content sorted, all a little social media, fun bits and pieces. So yes, you, they'll, you'll be seeing more of that in the coming weeks. But before <laughs> Panto,
0: we have got something quite exciting in the form of the gorgeous show that is White Christmas. Is something that we've yes. actually not talked about because it's one of those shows that is just quintessentially Christmas.
1: Oh yeah, it's so festive and it's kind of heartwarming. It's a rom-com. Um, if you haven't seen it before, it's it's a real classic. Everyone kind of knows the, the song uh, White Christmas as well, which is featured in it. Um, it's got an absolute star-studded cast this time. Um, it's got Jay McGuinness from The Wanted for younger fans. Um, we've also got Michael Stark, who is from Brookside for well, older theatre Lovers like they'll know him from Brookside, younger people. He's one of those people people that,
0: yeah, one of those people that just tours and tours in those shows. He was here in Waitress not too long ago, Mm -hmm. he's been in lots of different shows. He was in Sister Act the musical. He's done a
1: lot of great theatre and TV, to be fair. He's probably best known for Sinbad, I think.
0: But the one that's got quite a few people excited, and there's someone that we both know who is very excited about this news. We've got Hollywood royalty yes. in the show.
1: So we have Lorna Luft who is theater and Hollywood royalty. If you don't know her name, um, she if you're not like sort of big into you know your, your theater icons, she is Judy Garland's daughter, Liza Minnelli's sister, so she really is theater royalty and she's she's playing one of the uh, main roles, so it's very very exciting to have her in the building.
0: That alone is just hollywood magic this film is hollywood it really magic is. the show is hollywood magic it's just gorgeous and this production that's been going around for the last couple of years came out of the brainchild that is the wonderful Nikolai foster who is just a, a such a creative mind you know these had shows out recently like annie and you know greece that was been here recently in the last year and so that is his, mm-hmm. uh, it's just one yeah. of those shows that is just...
1: It's one that's more for, you know, grown-ups, because, you know, we all know Panto and you take the kids along. but It's there's...
0: also one to dress up to. I mean, get your, your, yes. your top hat, your tails it's out, your bow tie, good,
1: old-fashioned kind of glamour. It's a very exciting one to be having. And when's that here? Uh, so that one is here from the 28th of November to the 3rd of December. Mm. Um, and we are only one of four venues that are actually having it across the country so you know get your tickets while you can
0: it's magical and equally something is magical obviously we've got panto coming up we've talked about that briefly but then when we get into 2023 things are really hopping up before we get Lion King because there's some amazing shows coming in between Christmas and New Year finishing and then Lion King is going to be here for a long time we talked about it last time but The Bodyguard. Yes. The Bodyguard, we've been talking about this for a little while, Melody Thornton, Pussycat Doll, is Rachel Marin. is the Whitney Houston part, but we've got more casting on that now, haven't we?
1: Yes, so that's just come through in the past couple of days. So if you're an Emmerdale fan or a Hollyoaks fan, Aidan Callaghan is going to play Frank Farmer alongside Melody. Which Which is the
0: Kevin Costner part.
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: Which is like... Iconic part of, like, I'd say it's not theatre history, but film history.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely film history is that for certain. I mean, it is, it's those two are the most iconic roles in this show. And, you know, we have people that come back to see The Bodyguard every time it comes. It's a very, very popular show. Um, But I think, you know, having Melody in it, there's going to be a lot of younger fans that are coming through as well. Um, so yeah that one should be really exciting.
0: And when's that here till?
1: So that is here from Monday the 13th of February to Saturday the 18th of February 2023.
0: And just before that for a week and a half a show that's just recently been announced is a gorgeous show which again it's been a while since it's been up here in the northeast my fair
1: lady. It's just such a lavish beautiful show um, it features like loads of well known songs, including Get Me to the Church on Time, Wouldn't It Be Lovely.
0: Those classic songs Could have danced that, you know, all night. Are just so quintessentially musical theatre.
1: Oh, they really are, they really are. And you know, it's it's another one of those just lovely classics. Um but you know, it's been updated. We've got some great stars in it this time as well.
0: Now one I'm excited about for this one, Ian Beale from Eastenders, Adam Woodyatt.
1: Yep. So he's playing Alfred P. Doolittle, um, so that one should be really fun. He's, you know, it's a completely different role, obviously, to EastEnders, so that should be quite fun.
0: And what people might not realise about this one, it's direct from the West End. It did a summer season mm-hmm. this year at the London
1: Coliseum.
0: It is a gorgeous, big, as you said the word, lavish production. The director oh, yeah. of The Chair he's directed The King and I recently, you know, these big musical revivals of the classics, they tend to all go under his direction, and it's just absolutely...
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're a big lover of, you know, the films as well, um, you know, you'll love this one, and the costumes again, like, if you're a costume lover, if you love, like, the fashion of theatre and stuff, it is stunning. The costumes are really are amazing.
0: And that's here for two weeks, just before the bodyguard in February. Am I right?
1: Uh, yes. So this is the 1st of February to Saturday, the 11th of February.
0: Ah, uh, do you know, uh, my Christmas money is all going to be spent in one go at this, right, with all the stuff coming up. And speaking of EastEnders, because we've got Adam Woodgett coming in with uh, My Fair Lady. We also have another EastEnders star Who's going to be in another show just before Lion King?
1: Yes, so this is the Ocean at the End of the Lane. I have one am very excited about this. It's a National Theatre, so if you're a National Theatre fan, um, or if you look for something that's you know more like a play rather than a musical, you'll really really love this one. And um, so this one is going to be starring Charlie Brooks, Janine, Janine. yeah. So she is actually playing, you know the bad guy in this show. Um, no way. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, The the Ocean at the End of the lane is a, a young adult book as well. So if you've read that, you'll kind of know which character she's playing. She's playing Ursula. Um, so, you know, she's quite a complex, you know, character.
0: But that's the thing with Charlie Brooks, right? So Charlie Brooks is known for playing these complex
1: mm-hmm.
0: characters. You know, so Janine Butcher is... In my opinion, one of those characters that is very complex, very different, very sort of... It is, well, she is the most complex villain mm-hmm. in soap history, yeah. in my opinion.
1: I mean, this one's this one's a completely different feel to the other shows that we have on. So if you're not as much into kind of things like My Fair Lady, like your classics and stuff, if you like something a bit more modern, you'll really like this one because it's, it's got monsters in it. It's If you're kind of a Stranger Things fan... You'll love this one if you really like The Sandman. It's by Neil Gaiman, who also wrote that. Um, and interestingly, it also stars Judy Dench's daughter, Finty Williams, which really? is exciting. Yeah. huh. So it's it's got a really, really good cast to it. Um, and it's, you know, the set's going to be amazing as well, I think. Um, I've seen the production shots and it really is it's going to be an incredible show
0: and that's here in march from
1: so this is the 28th of february to the 4th of march 2023
0: so the, like the last overlap of february yep. into march and then homeward straight into the lion King yes. exciting start to 2023 is ever kate thank you so much thank you Now, whether you're an avid musical theatre fan or just love going to the theatre every now and then, chances are you probably will have heard of the musical Les Miserables, which is currently playing the Sunderland Empire to packed houses for the first time in its 37-year record-breaking history. Now, this show has played everywhere from London to Sydney to New York, Toronto, Seoul, but it has never played Sunderland ever until now and you probably will have heard some of the music if you don't know the show you would have heard stars one day more bring him home and getting to sing the iconic song that is i dreamed a dream eight times a week it is the wonderful lauren drew who is a musical theater actor and she's just joined the uk tour of the show especially for Sunderland to play the role of Fontaine now we caught up with Lauren a couple of hours before an evening performance to see what it's like to play a role so iconic as Fontaine but also what it's like to join a tour halfway through a run and what it's like to mentally physically and vocally prepare to play one of the most demanding parts in musical theatre so here's what happened when we caught up with Lauren in the Sunderland Pies very own pizzeria and very welcome to sunderland
2: thank you so much thank so, you for having me so
0: you've just joined the tour yes here in sunderland what's it been like coming into a show that's obviously pre-existing you know it's been running for donkeys but this tour's been up and at it for about four or five years
2: yeah and i've never kind of injected myself into a already established environment so i've always started from the very beginning of a process whenever i've done a show lame has always been a dream of mine ever since i mean it's like the first thing i wanted to be in as soon as i left drama school yeah. so to actually now have landed the role of my dreams is pretty special, really. And the cast have been so welcoming and so lovely. It's just been a really easy, smooth process, and I'm just loving every second.
0: So it's one of those shows that, as you say, it's been running for donkeys, and when you're at drama school, you've got these sort of, oh, I really like to do a musical in the West End, Mm -hmm. or you'd really like to do whatever your goal is. And Lame is for a lot of people, is like the pinnacle of musical theatre. So what is it like now, so many years down the line and going... I mean Les Rob.
2: It's definitely happened for me at the right time in my life and for the role I wanted to play. I think to really get the emotional necessity that is what's needed for this role, I think age definitely helps a little bit. So it's happened at the right time, even though years ago when I wasn't booking the gig, it was like, oh no, I didn't get Les Mets, my dream show. But actually, I think I appreciate it far more now than what I probably would have had I got it earlier on in my life because I'm a firm believer things happen for a reason but what else what I tell you what's been really amazing is it's so different to other things that I've done I've done a lot of commercial kind of shows which I love doing don't get me wrong but this kind of part that's you've really got to like get your teeth into and there's just so much like it's very intricate and it's so important like her story is important and it's amazing to really act so I'm loving every second of it. And it's such
0: a high intensity section of the show because it's literally out of the gates really of, right, the show started, mm. I'm in the first sort of half an hour and then you as a character.
2: Yeah, I think Fontaine has a hard job because there's so much to convey and so much to get across yeah and you have very little time really to do it and her story is so sad and it's just you f- really want to feel for this character so you've got to you've got to really think things through from the get go and get the balance right
0: so talking about the process i guess a really really sort of pretentious word i guess but you know it's again, as I say, the intensity is it's like a rocket of emotions. How do you get ready for that? So, we're here a couple of hours before the show tonight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you get in that mindset? Talk us through that sort of process of the day of how you get ready to play Fontaine.
2: Well, my warm up is very thorough. So, I'll always do a nice, calming warm up where I can just like connect with my like thoughts and go back to what it is that I went to in rehearsal and really stay true to what it is that I know we achieve in that room. So I think sometimes when you take it to a space in a big auditorium with an audience looking at you, it becomes a bit different. And I really wanted to stay true to what it is. We we got to the nitty-gritty, and that's what I want to do on that stage. I do a very thorough warm-up, physically and also vocally, because she goes to a big old range of notes, does Fontaine. And then before I go on, I just... Well, some... Because you obviously you've got to get yourself full of dirt... And you've got to... Which is, again, a very different process to other shows I've done... Which is like eyelashes and glitter... So I'm smothering myself in dirt... And, you know, her story... There's so much that you don't see in the show... And it's all in the book... And there's so much that you almost need to try and... Get through to the audience without them seeing it... So she's got a story... before, bef- Everything that's happened prior to her being on stage... There's a big story... So I just go through the steps of what she's been through... And how she's got there and what she's fighting for. And why she's in the factory. And it's all for Cosette. So she's strong. She's so strong. And I think sometimes there's this misconception with, with Fontaine. And, you know, she goes through the mill for somebody else. She gets her teeth pulled out. She's has the most despicable things done to her. So, you know, with that is strength. And that's what I like to play. So I just hone in on those thoughts. And um, that's kind of how I prepare for it.
0: And the rehearsal process you talk about, it's, it's very different to a show where you've probably got four weeks as a cast and then you go into tech and then you open. You're joining this tour fresh for Sunderland, pretty much. <clears throat> this is sort of like your debut in a way. So how was that rehearsal process different to, say, something that you've done on the road before?
2: Well, it was... Quite isolated purely because the cast were doing shows. So I was brought to Canterbury where I would do these one on one rehearsals with the MD and then with the associate director. We'd slowly start to integrate like the swings and covers when they weren't being needed for rehearsals or the show. And that's kind of how it was very different because, like you said, when you start from the beginning of a process and you also build those relationships with the characters with the people as well, like on a human level. You build different things with different actors. Everyone plays these characters differently. So I've already had the the amazing opportunity to be on with covers and swings. And everybody is so different but incredible. And that's what I love. So for me, it was actually really special because... I didn't have any shocks. Everything was like, everything was always new and everything is still new and exciting and I've always got new energy to play with. So that is different. And
0: that's what it felt like because I saw the show very early on in, in the run here at Sunderland and I'd seen this version previously in other venues across the country and it still felt as fresh and it's exciting, probably even more fresh than it, it ever felt. And I don't know what it is, but all it takes is that, as you say, that dip, that different person that just makes it spark. Yeah. And it just it just felt so glorious. And I was just thinking how amazing it must feel for an audience who's seen it the first time, but also someone that, like myself who's seen it, what, two times, three times? And the people that have probably seen it, 120 times you know it, it still feels it's fresh and i think that's not only down to the performance but the material itself
2: yeah a hundred percent the material has lasted this long because it's brilliant and that's the thing you don't ever want to change what's on the page because it's quite funny because obviously the shows I've been in before are a bit like riftastic and Belt-tastic and whatever, what have you. So I've had a couple of people like, what are you going to do then? What's, what, what's your I dream to Dream? What what tricks are you going to chuck in there? And I'm like, it's not about that this time. It's not about the tricks, it's about the story. And obviously it's about the voice because, you know, it's like, it's lame it is and the whole thing is sung through. But the story and the score has done as well as it has done because it's brilliant for so long. But I was just going to say, you know, I went to go see the show before I came into it, just to kind of get my head around it and get an idea of of the of this particular production. And you know, this this particular production has been going on for a long time with this exact cast. And generally speaking, not always, but it can get a bit tired. And not that I was expecting that at all. It's just not what I got. Though this was like a fresh cast, and it was unbelievable. And I was like, "Have you got like a lot of newbies?" And they were like, "No." And I said, that is amazing. It's like watching a fresh, something very fresh. And felt like that when
0: I saw it. Yeah, it's 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 amazing.
2: And like, it's popping and it's fizzy and everyone is just reacting. Everyone is in it and it's special. And as soon as I saw it, I thought, wow, I'm so fortunate to be going into this production with these people.
0: Lauren Drew, who's currently playing the role of Fontaine in Les Miserables, talking about the support she received from the cast when she joined the existing production on the road, especially for Sunderland. And we're going to be hearing from Lauren in a little bit, talking about how she vocally warms up for a performance every night. So if you're someone who likes to hear a little insight into some of the warmth that professionals do... Stick around because we've got something for you. But we're going to turn away from Les Miserables now. And we're going to talk about the staff of the Southern Empire. We do a thing called the Weird Side Story. It's where we hear about some of the experiences of members of the team here at the theatre. And about what they do. ...and why they love working at the Sunderland Empire. And this week we're going to be speaking to customer experience team member Nadia... ...who is someone who does a bit of everything. She works front of house, she works at the bars, she works everywhere front of house in the theatre... ...but she also facilitates some of the public tours that happen throughout the year taking you behind the scenes of some of the shows that happen as well as some of the things that you may not know about the theatre. So we caught up with Nadia on Zoom as she explained all about what she does as well as why she loves working at the Empire as part of her weird side story.
3: My name is Nadia and I work front of house at the Sutherland Empire. I also do the tours with Creative Learning and I am also a part-time kitchen supervisor within the pizzeria. With my jobs, they entail, it's mainly front of house, so you can go anywhere from merchandise, if we are selling the merch for a show, on the bar, you can be serving in the pizzeria, you can be in the auditorium on the coffee bar, you you can be almost anywhere really, and you get stationed um, on the deployment in a certain place, but you might have to just go and help out and jump on elsewhere if like a certain area is really busy, and it's just so much variation, which is great. So with the tours, it's with Creative Learning. It's myself and another colleague who facilitates the tours. And it's every couple of other shows. They usually last between 11 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. And with our tours, we'll give you kind of historical information as we go around the building. And I take them everywhere, I kind of take them in the proscenium boxes on all of the levels, in the lounge, in the dressing rooms, just proper like backstage places that they wouldn't get to see if they'd pay to come and see a show as a patron. A typical day, well, our shifts. If it's a single shift, we'll go in, we'll work in our deployed department, we'll go and help, and then it's just dealing with the incoming, dealing with the madness of the incoming. If it's a busy show, restocking at the interval, or if you're in the auditorium, you'll be doing all of your auditorium checks while the show is on. Be preparing for the interval as well, and then kind of serving at the interval and dealing with the craziness, whether it be a 15 or a 20 minute interval. And then you just get sorted for the next day. With the double show, you do that twice in a day. But when the matinee show finishes, you're straight in the auditorium, kind of doing pick-up and whatnot, and getting the auditorium ready and sorted and all the bars sorted for the incoming, for the evening show. And sometimes it's a very tight turnaround, so it's kind of all hands on deck, really. I actually came to see an opera, (laughs) of all things, when I was quite young which I thoroughly enjoyed. And I remember, obviously, I think everyone came with their school, didn't they? To come and see a show, I always remember that. So I just have really great memories of the Empire. Um, and then I actually applied for a job in when we had the Bistro at the time. I actually applied as a server for the Bistro. And when the Bistro wasn't very busy, I was then drafted front of house. And then the rest is kind of history from there. I think first and foremost, I just love the history of the building. I love how it's definitely a jewel in Sunderland's Crown. The history behind it is just absolutely fantastic. I mean, to be honest to me, I've been to quite a lot of London venues, West End venues, and a lot of them don't even rival our venue in terms of just the atmosphere, the feeling that you have when you walk in. And it's always like a pinch me moment every time you walk in on a shift and you see a certain something on stage or, you know, whatever, something like that. And I just love working with the people. You know, I've had a lot of jobs in Sunderland and it's never, a job does not compare to anything that I've had in the past 10 years, the management, the people, but all I just one big family. And it's just, it doesn't feel like a job. It's too too good to feel like a job. What three words I would use to describe the Sutherland Empire. It's majestic. I think it's totally majestic as a building and as a venue. Historical, that's another word that I'll think of. And it is just absolutely, it's just fantastic. I know they're not very imaginative words, but
0: they're the words that come to my mind straight away when describing the venue. That was Nadia, who is a member of the Customer Experience team, talking about why she loves working at the Empire as part of her Wayside story. And we'll have another Wayside story next episode on the Sunderland Empire podcast. And if you're someone who's listening to that and going, right, I would love to go on one of the tours that Nadia was talking about, well, why don't you get yourself to atgtickets.com forward slash Sunderland-Empire, because you never know, there might be a tour in there that you might like to go on for a show, that you go, oh, I'd love to see how they do that, I'd love to see backstage the dressing rooms, because the tours, honestly, are so exciting, so get yourself over to the website to find out more information on that. Now, something else that's really exciting is the fact that Les Miserables is still playing at the Sunderland Empire at the time of recording this, to the 19th of November, and Lauren Drew is currently playing the role of Fontaine, which is an iconic part in the show. And we caught up with her just before she was about to start warming up for a show. And we asked her, what does she do to warm up? Because do you know that actors are normally in one or two hours before a show starts to warm up, to prepare physically, mentally and vocally for that night's performance? Well, we asked Lauren about what sort of warm up she does to get ready to play Fontaine in Les Miserables at the Sunderland Empire. So you're a couple of hours before the show. We've talked a little bit about the sort of the how you do your warm up. Have you got any sort of like tips that people sort of may think, oh, I might do this for a warm up, or, or like what sort of like a bit, bit nebby and want to know what you do for a warm up. Yeah, for, for sure.
2: It depends on what show you're doing, of course. For something like you know Legally Blonde that I was in, I played Brooke Windham. My my warm up was completely different to what I do. Now, as it was for Aragon and... T- you know, everything is different. Um, I used to do a very heavy physical warm-up and just make sure that everything, I was completely limbered up, ready to go for that skipping number. Well, that is
0: literally jumping jacks for a stop. hundred
2: percent. But for me, is it's very different and my headspace has to be very different and I want to come from a place of of settled and I want to come from a place of calm and like I'm switched on and ready. So I kind of do a semi supine, which is just laying on your back with your, with your feet planted on the floor. So your knees are in the air breathing. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it can really center you and get you in the zone ready for a show. Hums, slow hums. So on an in breath and then take it for like four, then you can extend it for as long as you can. And that helps with your breath
0: Because, like, what is the longest sort of note you've got to hold in this show? Is it in "I Dreamed a Dream" or is it something like "One Day More"? Because those numbers are.
2: I think it probably is the very, very end of the show. I think tomorrow.
0: And she sings as well.
2: And it takes, it's a long old note, and it's like, oh, I need to take a big breath before that. You realize that very early on, and you go, next time I'll take a big breath. But nice slow sirens up and down your register. Just nice gentle warm ups. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too drastic. Things on hums. Start on a hum. Take it to an R. Ah, start changing the vowel to E's and O's. Then start taking it up and down your register. Then you can start playing with like a belt and start making it a bigger sound. It's like training for a marathon. It's, you know, at the end of the day, you wouldn't you wouldn't sprint without a warm. You've got to. You've got your voice is a muscle. So you must do it. now nice and slowly, it's a process.
0: And you do this as well as the company warm-up that you do? Yeah, yeah, depending
2: on how I feel. So, you know, on a day like today, so this show is very new for me, so it's getting it into my voice, getting it into my body. So I did four shows in Canterbury. I officially opened in Sunderland. So I've done a full week and a half, really, of, of singing this show. And it's, you know, still a bit of a shock to the system. It's very different to something I've done before. So I just like to take a little bit of extra care, a bit more time, so I'll just start a gentle warm-up on my own for maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, nothing too crazy, and then I'll take the group warm-up and and then if I need a little extra, what I my, my kind of thing I've always done with every show I've ever done is whatever my big notes are, I kind of just do them once in my dressing room before I go on, just so I know they're there. And it's a bit ridiculous. There's no real need for it, but I think it's a more of a mental thing for me. I always did it in sick. I did my big riff on my big belty you note. Know, did it for Brook Wyndham. Did it, for, I've done it, I've always done it. So now when I go on for Fontaine every day, I do shit. And I also do stride, and you let your foreman send me away before I go on every day as my own little ritual.
0: <laughs> and as well as the company warmers, I guess this is a sort of insight into how a show works. And it's a chance for everyone to sort of come together as well, because, you know, especially your what we call track in the show, it's so intense. Because once you're done with Fontaine, people don't know this, but you do something a little bit different, don't you, to I normal do. shows.
2: I do. I'm an ensemble member. I'm on the barricade, which I love doing, by the way. Um, I do my Fontaine track for the first section of the show. I come on for the end of Act 1, and then I do the very opening of Act 2 for about... Um, Do
0: you peel potatoes? Am I right in saying you peel I'm in the potato- Peeling
2: Potato crew, and it's a cool crew, and we're having a really good time there. So, we're yeah, I, I am fully like invested in my ensemble track. I fully love it. It's so much fun. The Barricade is so
0: much fun. I can't remember who I saw tell us this. I think it was Carrie Hope Fletcher when she played it. She called herself Patrice the Potato Peeler. That's
2: right. Yeah, I mean... I think Rebecca Ferrin has taken. She's got that potato peeling down. I would never take it from her. She loves that track. So I'm, I take on the potatoes. I I'm the potato carrier. Um, <laughs> and then um, yeah, and then we do the barricade. And it's amazing. Just being on that, like with all the gunshots and I pass Jean Valjean, his gun. So
0: how do you prepare to carry potatoes? That's what I. How do you know. prepare?
2: Well, you bend your knees, nice and soft. <laughs> I mean, it is great. I'm so I'm so grateful that I do um, get to do that because I think obviously it would be an extremely isolated track. Have had I not had that little moment to interact with the rest of the cast, so I really do enjoy the ensemble
0: track. And if you were to describe your experience in Les Misérables in three words, so far, what would it be?
2: Incredible. Um, just. I I what's the war would be a brilliant word to describe. Connected. I know that sounds a bit ridiculous, but it I re, that with everybody and everything we're doing. And I guess just important. Like it feels important. The story is important. The st- everyone's individual stories are important. And it's um everyone's telling such a good story. And I that's why I loved the show when I saw it. Everybody is just so invested in what they're doing you believe everybody and you know what everyone's it's special and it yeah important it does feel very important
0: lauren drew who's currently playing the role of fontaine in les miserables talking through her process to warm up for a performance which by the way if you get the chance to see her and the rest of the cast in les miserables do it at the time of recording the show is currently playing till the 19th of november so do check it out there are some limited tickets available by going to atgtickets.com forward slash Sunderland empire and the Lema's Rabla Tour continues across the country until early 2023 and that is it for us for another episode of the Sunderland Empire podcast thank you so much for joining us once again if you spot something through this podcast that you think oh I'd like more information on that make sure you go to atgtickets.com forward slash Sunderland empire information on shows that we've talked about on the tours that nadia does throughout the year because there's lots of exciting opportunities to see what happens in and around sunderland and as we continue towards the end of 2022 2023 is set to be a brilliant year for theater so until then thank you so much for listening to the podcast and we'll see you next time for another episode of the sunderland empire podcast You've been listening to an episode of the Sunderland Empire podcast, hosted and produced by Robert Wilson Baker. This series has been sponsored by Ambassador Theatre Group, and you can get more information on the shows and events coming to the Sunderland Empire by going to atgtickets.com forward slash Sunderland hyphen Empire.